This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. What, what became the most common response was that they believed that when the administration changed, that the law changed and policy changed and that th- there was an open border. That's not a politician. That's not a paid talking head on any of the cable news uh, outlets. That is Chief Patrol Agent in the Tucson sector. He's a Chief Patrol Agent along the border, Tucson sector. He says, when we chat with all of these folks trying to come into our country illegally, here's what we hear from people. And this has been going on for, what, two years now. They hear, well, we thought the border was open. That Joe guy, he got elected, and we thought he welcomed everybody in. He's saying that is a real, real problem. Guess what the Biden administration is doing? They're going back to another Trump-era policy as it relates to illegal No, they aren't. They're looking around. So me, so Joe's in Poland worried about other countries' borders, and I wonder if he's up at the podium there in Poland. You see what I've done with our own borders in America? I've come here to save y'all. This just doesn't make any sense. So Everybody leaving Poland for Germany now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've done so good with our own borders. I've come to your country uh, to fix you. These people, they don't make any sense. Biden administration, uh, they want to go back to uh, a Trump-era border policy that would limit access for asylum seekers. Basically, like if you've come from one country and then gotten into Mexico, because that happens, by the way. It's not all just people uh, from South America countries that are coming into our country illegally. We know for a fact you have people from Iran, you have people from China, you have people from all over the world. They get into Mexico and then they walk right across here into America, basically unaccounted for. So the Biden administration looking around, well, gosh, what works? What works? Oh, Trump did something. That kind of worked. That's not the first time, by the way, that the Biden administration has done that. Highlights yesterday, while Biden was in Europe working on other people's borders, I don't know that there were uh, any highlights. He gave a big rah-rah speech. My biggest takeaway was the, the text updates I got after Biden gave his speech. It was like, really, we've joked about this before. Everybody, like Fox and MSNBC, CNN, USA Today, they all get together and they have a meeting about 4 o'clock in the morning, Missouri time. And they go around and they have this big table and they have coffee and donuts. And they all sit around and say, like, okay, uh, how should we pose the news today? All of the headlines yesterday, there were five. I got seven news updates. Five of the headlines had rousing. Biden gives rousing speech. Rousing speech. And it just goes back to, I think, one of the things that our guest John Combest said yesterday as it relates to the way the news outlets handle these things. They're single-minded in purpose. They come from liberal universities with degrees in journalism. They believe everything that they have been spoon-fed and then they become adults and then they type it and they put it on USA Today and people read it and they go, oh, it must be, it must be true. And it's not. So meanwhile, while Joe's in Poland, guess who visited, visited Russia? China. <laughs> and here's the word. I heard this this morning. We have a great show that comes on in the morning before we come on. Uh, Air, it's America this morning. Mm-hmm. Gordon Deal. Uh, it's a really good show. Uh, they quoted this Chinese diplomat who went into Russia, described the relationship that China has with Russia as a no-limits friendship. Kind of like friends with benefits, I guess. I will tell you this. So, while that- <laughs> Friends with benefits is not a no-limits, is it? Depends on your friends, I guess. Huh? Pretty sure not. <laughs> it's like Saturday night with these two all the time with China and Russia. Saturday night, no limits, man. Saturday night, let's celebrate. It's like being in Vegas. How about that? Or it's like your anniversary once a year. Come on, it's, it's our anniversary. No limits. That's that's the quote from this Chinese diplomat in Russia. 
and I don't like to do whataboutism, but I would bet you a week's worth of Hannah's salary that... Seriously? If Two weeks. Anybody. John. If Trump were in office, this stuff would not be happening. I promise you, China would not be in, would probably would not be in this situation in the first place where we're trying to help out Ukraine because Putin would not have invaded Ukraine if not for Biden. That's according to NATO. But this with, with China just going to Russia while Biden is in Europe, I don't have words to describe it, but I will tell you this, as much as I am not a fan of whataboutism or whatever, going back, well, the other guy, this guy, for real, I don't think this would have happened with Trump in office. No, of course not. And and it goes back to, I think, what we heard um, now Senator Schmidt saying over the weekend was that spy balloon was a test of what's Biden going to do mm-hmm. and how long is it going to take him to do it. And, you know, and, and he's been tested like those types of experiments with this the spy balloon time and time and time again and you know you know are you going to put your money where your mouth is are you going to uphold your promises to you know support people in afghanistan are you going to you know when you talk about the border can we trust that what you're saying is actually the truth um and and he keeps failing and failing and failing and i've also heard you know something about the only thing that scares kind of crazy people is someone who might be just a little more crazy um and i get a little bit of that with trump you know like world leaders are kind of like you know i'm you know a little crazy but that guy you know, I don't exactly know what he's going to do, but I know when he does it, he's going to do, you know, I know that when he says something, he's going to do what he says. And, and I know he cares about the American people and he's serious about it. Um, and so I think just like that little bit of crazy kept everyone else uh, at bay when when Trump was president. And the other thing that we should point out uh, is that China and Russia have differences themselves, but they appear to be at least um, they have a common opponent. Or you could make the argument a common enemy, and that is the United States. But I think back, uh, I'm old enough to remember Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon in history books, much like Carter, is looked at, um, you know, of course, people think of him as Watergate. But you have to look back at the full record. Richard Nixon really, he went to the Great Wall of China in the 1970s. That caused a lot, a lot of controversy in Moscow. And he, but what he did by doing that trip, Richard Nixon, in the night, some of our listeners will remember this, he... He kind of pitted China against Russia. Very interesting. I don't think we've had a president do that since then, but it was very interesting how he did that. Um, I don't know that, uh, you know, this this president, President Biden, has been, um, certainly hasn't been to China, but it was a Great Wall of China visit, and I remember it very well. He's been to Ukraine as many times as he's been to our (laughs) southern border. Welcome into, by the way, we have news on the GOP presidential front, but first I want to welcome you into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rathard, Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Houseworth, producer Hannah is here. If there's something we can do for you, as long as you're not driving. Please text us, 874. That became a... That got out of hand yesterday. 874-9390. 874-9390. Quick weather thing. Maybe some thunderstorms. Slight chance. 
mainly before 3 o'clock. Just wanted you to know that. That could uh, get in your way today. But our high is going to be like close to 70 degrees. It's yeah. 59 right now. It, the biggest chance is going to be Texas. But we just, we're going to have a line of thunderstorms moving through Columbia, Jefferson City, Fulton, Brandon, roughly between 10 and 2. I talked to Fred Glass. We're not under any warnings nor, nor any watches. But there is a chance of a thunderstorm and there's a chance of a brief tornado. So keep your radio tuned here to the Eagle and also to KWS, and we'll keep you posted. Trump put out some campaign stuff yesterday. Joe Biden and the defund the police Democrats have turned our once great cities into cesspools of bloodshed and crime. There's never been anything like it. Here's my plan to restore law and order in our cities and throughout our country, frankly. First, because police forces have been gutted by Democrats' war on police, I will sign a record investment in hiring, retention, and training for police officers nationwide. So important. Trump is right on the Biden. And that Biden mindset, progressive mindset, we can take a bunch of different names. You can take local names like City Councilwoman Andrea Weiner and Pat Fowler. Or you can take people like Cori Bush. You can take people like Joe Biden. When we talk about progressives and Democrats, it's not specifically about that human being. It's about what they think in this disgusting mindset, that progressivism. But Trump is right. As a matter of fact, we can look about two hours to the east of us, St. Louis, and what the very progressive prosecutor there has done, Kimberly Gardner, or what she hasn't done. There is a young lady, 16 years old. Um, she's a multi-sport athlete. She was in St. Louis for a big volleyball uh, tournament at the America Center there in downtown. Huge. Uh, some dude racing down the road there in downtown hits her. She got. She has both of her legs amputated. She still lies in a hospital this morning because of this dude. And here's the thing with this dude: he had violated the conditions of his bonds. So he's been arrested. He's, he's 21 years old. Been arrested at least 50 times. Should have never been out on the street. Violated, violated the conditions of his bond more than 50 times. So when Trump talks about Biden and Democrats and progressives, this is an easy all you got to do is just look around. Oh yeah, he's absolutely right. But then it goes even further because the progressive and the lying Kim Gardner says, well, hey, uh, about that and they give some excuses and what they say, well, uh, the charge was dismissed and refiled against this guy and the case was dropped and refiled because, and this is from the prosecutor's office in St. Louis, the case was dropped and refiled because the victim died before trial, throwing a wrench into prosecution. That's from the prosecutor's office. St. Louis Post-Dispatch said, well, let's look at the record. Let's look at some facts. But a judge's order from the day the case was dropped shows the victim was not only alive, but the, they were in the courtroom that day. They are a disaster. I mean, one disaster after the other. And they've, you know, been criticized for years for this. And yet, like, what are the people of St. Louis doing? How do these... You know, clowns get elected. I mean, it's just, it's hurting our whole state. And this is, I mean, this is making national news. This And and people, you know, when they're looking at locating their business in Missouri, when they're looking at coming here, uh, moving here, putting your family here, uh, this is hurting us all. And, and these, and I know the, the legislature is kind of, uh, you know, there's some legislation moving that says, hey, in certain circumstances like this, where people are completely falling down on the job, you know, maybe we should be able to get involved and try to, 
you know, try to stop some of this stuff. And I get weird at that point sometimes because I do believe in local control. But when it's that bad, Attorney General William Bailey, Andrew Bailey. Gosh, why do I keep calling him William (laughs) Bailey? Andrew Bailey, our Attorney General, Missouri. He's here, 710 this morning. An update on the Columbia Public School District is one of the things we're going to be talking about. Um, But he's like... We got to do something with this poor, the Columbia Public School District. It's that bad. We've got to do something. Uh, before we get into the daily DC rundown, we do want to mention somebody else has thrown their hat in the ring to become, uh, they want to be president on the GOP side. Vivek Ramaswamy announcing yesterday he's an entrepreneur. You've had a couple of dealings with the guy. Yeah, actually, he came to Jefferson City, uh, the Missouri State Capitol, as part of uh, the Federal Society's annual. Uh, state chapter conference um, that was last January um, and he, uh, right out on the heels of his book he wrote this book called Woke Inc um, and was speaking on that and then yeah I bumped into him um, shortly thereafter he was at CPAC speaking um, and so really smart guy really young he's I think born in 1985 um, but he's, had he's still in his prime <laughs> well according to Don Lemon <laughs> Uh, he would be, I guess. Um, but really had some really, you know, great successes in business and entrepreneurship. Um, doesn't really have any experience in politics, but has kind of been on like the conservative media circuit, uh, you know, doing some work talking about, uh, company culture, um, and things like, I think, critical race theory, other things like that. He does have an opinion piece out in the Wall Street Journal. He's talking about returning to merit. That seems to be the, you know, we need to, you know, reward people who work hard and, and base decisions on merit. Um, and that seems to be kind of a theme running through this opinion article that was posted yesterday. Um, but complete outsider. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, kind of what we thought was once Haley announced, we see some other folks announce. Um, and here we go. Vivek Ramaswamy. Coming up five minutes from now, Daily DC or Rundown. What's underneath the circus tent this morning? Well, you know, uh, some folks are judging Biden's uh, actions toward Russia and saying, you know what? It didn't quite pack the punch he thought it would. Are we surprised by this? No. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Would be, we would, would we, the, all of our allies, would be united or divided? Now, out on the worldwide stage, Joe Biden, part of his speech from Poland yesterday. That is getting us into today's daily D.C. rundown with Stephanie Bell. He was also saying, let's see, this quote, I like this. Europe was being tested. America was being tested. NATO was being tested. All democracies were being tested. And wasn't that Nikki Haley's point earlier this week? Like, you need to be tested, Joe. And you're, we, we think if you were tested, you failed. And I think in this way, you know, on the national stage, he has failed a lot of tests, which is exactly why we're being tested. And no original ideas. We go back to, once again, Biden administration. Hey, let's go back to, as it relates to our southern border, let's do what, uh, what Trump did. Hey, for my speech in Europe... Nikki Haley said some really cool stuff. Let's just plagiarize some of that. So he is wrapping up his four-day visit to Poland and Ukraine. He's meeting with leaders from the Bucharest Nine, which are the uh, nations on the most eastern parts of the NATO alliance. They obviously have heightened anxiety and are hoping uh, for some assurances. I'm not sure that they are getting those assurances or feeling comfortable with the tests that they are currently enduring. Um, of course, uh, one of the things Biden put in place or the Biden administration did was, you know, they, they sanctioned Russia. Uh, they're saying Russia is now the most sanctioned, heavily sanctioned country in the world. Um, but surprisingly, Russia's economy is doing OK. And and folks who are analyzing the situation are saying, you know, even with all those sanctions, those sanctions didn't quite pack the punch that you had hoped, Joe. And they're not enough. So. As a matter of fact, there was a great piece. I think it was in USA Today. They, they kind of acquiesced like, you know, Joe and all of this bold talk. 
Yeah, nothing. No follow through. Just it's it's nothing. And Brandon, you mentioned that Biden has been mirroring the Trump era policy. Part of this is due to his administration saying, you know, we're no longer under an emergency. That means Title 42, which they had been kind of using to try to control the border, is coming to an end. That's expected to expire um, May 11th without further action. Um, so they have proposed a rule uh, which creates a rebuttable presumption of asylum ineligibility. And again, if you don't first seek protection in the country that you're passing through, uh, then you get this rebuttable presumption that you're not eligible for asylum. So that was attempted during the Trump administration. It was blocked by courts, which I assume was challenged on the left, but Biden's now picking it back up. So whether or not it will actually ever go into effect, we don't know. Um, Also, a big uh, case yesterday heard in SCOTUS, uh, about Section 230 and big tech. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Sure that we are focused on the actions that are going to make a difference. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Finally, after three weeks and enough people, not just in Ohio, not just in East Palestine, Ohio, where three weeks ago that train derailed, dumped chemicals, they got burned off, and you have an entire town going, hey, man, what about our soil? What about our water? I'm coughing now. What's going on? And Pete Buttigieg and the Biden administration, ah, Don't worry about it. Well, then people complain enough. And they're so reactionary. This is another example of them being uh, reactionary. When you look at calls for Kamala, you need to go to our southern border. I don't know if you know this or not, but Joe put that on your to-do list when you showed up for work on to-do list. Hey, fix the problem with people breaking the law by by trying to come into our country illegally. It's on your to-do list today, Kamala. Why don't you do it? She wasn't doing it. She wasn't doing it. And enough of her bosses said, my gosh, woman, you got to do something. She finally went down there. There's another great example. Pete Buttigieg and the Biden administration, we don't need to go to Ohio. It's no big... Uh, we're going to go to Ohio because people are complaining enough. It's reactionary stuff. They don't do this stuff because they think it's right. They really have no interest in helping people, in my opinion. They just have an interest in putting this BS out there and saying, here's what we think in equity and, and all this. Just screw merit. Don't work hard. Don't do any of that. Just we will take care of you. And it's that whole uh, the way they think. So now he's going to Ohio because people have complained enough and good enough for the people. He was doing an interview yesterday. Uh, and I don't think when he said this, I don't think it came out maybe the way in which he intended. But he's trying to say, man, I've, I've dealt with disasters before. You know, I've been in elected office. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters. <laughs> because you were mayor? That's the way it sounded to me. I think so. I heard uh, in the last like 24 hours, a poll came out that Biden's approval rating has ticked up slightly. And I, th- I don't think it's actually him. I think it's that the people around him, like the other options, like Kamala and Buttigieg, are so bad that people are like, well, if we're gonna win, the only like the only possible way we could get there is like incumbency, right? And so, like, I, I mean, I think some folks are are saying, you know, oh yeah, people are starting to you know, give Biden credit for some of these things. No, they're just looking around at the other options and saying, yeah, those people are actually worse than what we have now. Com- okay, comparatively, compared to a Cory Bush or Milan Omar or an AOC or Pete Buttigieg, yes, Joe, you know, he'd been around. We'll give him a point or two just because he's old. He's not Buttigieg or Kamala. <laughs> 
Uh, welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rather. It's Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Houseworth, producer Hannah is here. Do want to let you know, coming up tomorrow this time, we are going to be celebrating our 17th annual Missouri Credit Union Miracles for Kids Radiothon. We do this to help kids. We invite you to be a part of it. You'll be able to call. Uh, you can text donations and all that stuff starting tomorrow. Equipment, share, A1 containers, big O tires, just some of the folks. Uh, that are helping us out. Meanwhile, in mid-Missouri, City of Columbia, apparently in the city council meeting the other night, uh, somebody says, uh, hey, you haven't been testing your water, man. And apparently, uh, according to David uh, Sorrell, director of the utilities, he spoke the other night at the meeting and addressed this, because how often, and I take this for granted, and I'm, I get kind of weird about my water, but how often do you think... Kind of weird. How? Be don't honest. You, don't you bring your own water to restaurants? I, I bring in my own water bottle when I go to restaurants because I won't drink the tap water. But how many people really think about when you go and get a glass of water or something from somewhere? Like how often? I think we just assume, oh, it's fine. It's, you know, the, the city, whatever the city is, city's handle, I'm sure it's fine. I think most of the time you think it's fine. I will say this Columbia has had problems in the past because when I during law school, when I lived here, I know they were they had to send us a notice that said, hey, by the way, these tests that we're doing like we're outside of the normal limits. And so like when you get something in the mail every day when you're drinking the tap water, that's like, by the way, we failed the test. Uh, I thought about it a lot more than I did before. So it's it's kind of frightening that did they just forget to do the tests or that they can't hire for that position or money or what? Apparently, the story, there is some confusion. The people that are in charge of that kind of stuff, from what I gather from news accounts from our partners at ABC 17 and from what I saw at the city council meeting in Columbia the other night, there is some confusion over there. Like, I thought you did that. Oh, wait, no, it was my turn to do that? Oops. No, it was Hannah's deal, wasn't it? Weren't you supposed to do it? Sorry, guys. Marsh? <laughs> that was me. Yeah, it was me. It was somebody's, uh, somebody's fault. Ashland, Bur a growing city. I was uh, chatting with the police chief the other night, uh, Gabe Edwards. Good dude. He was at the first responders uh, event last week and was talking about what's going on there. And, well, it's a growing city, and they need some help. And this came up. Are you allowed to tell me, being that you're an older woman in Ashland, are you allowed to discuss this stuff? I can say whatever I want. It Amen, was all, sister, fist bump. <laughs> it was what? open session last night. So so last night, uh, Board of Aldermen meeting in Ashland, and one of the things talking, and I know nobody wants more taxes. I get it. But... Here's one of the things I've noticed over the years in living in places like Idaho, being born in Missouri and living in California and Florida. A lot of people like to, we like to escape to these charming towns that are outside of the big city that we live in. And people go, oh, it's because it's small and there's not a whole lot of traffic and taxes are low. And then everybody starts moving there. And guess what happens? There's more traffic. The population is not small anymore. And we need more money for services. That's my read on this situation with the police department in Ashland. Yeah, I mean, the police have come to us and just said, you know, we're overworked and understaffed and we, you know, and it's hard to recruit when, you know, we're when we don't have the highest salary and when we have these, you know, significant staffing issues. And so they said we need another officer on the street and we need higher salaries to be able to compete with everyone else around. So uh, we had a budget work session last night. Um, 
most city employees will, you know, they're, they're proposing, you know, obviously we're still just talking about it, but a 5% COLA increase for most city employees, the police raises would be significantly more than that, more in the, I think, realm of like 15-ish um, to try to bring them up to a standard that allows them to compete with surrounding communities. Um, in order to do some of these things, yes, there is a tax increase on the ballot, a sales tax increase. Uh, that's 1%, um, and that will be coming up. Uh, part of the argument there, too, is that the sales tax doesn't just fall on city residents. It falls on, you know, anyone passing through Ashland. A lot of folks pass through Ashland to eat and get gas and do other things. Um, and those people need police services as well. Um, and so that tax, uh, you know, isn't just on the residents. So, uh, you know, it's... Uh, there's a lot going on. The city's trying to, I think, put some stuff out on the website, just informing people what's the tax increase look like, what will it be used for, and of course, uh, when the decision was made to put it on the ballot, I was arguing pretty significantly to try to keep the ballot language so that way we would dedicate that money because, of course, what we know in the past, Ashland has not been uh, on the forefront of passing taxes like the Wayfair tax and all these other things. A lot of this stuff has been voted down other than the schools. We always support our schools. Um, and so I said, hey, you know, I think we have to make a promise to the people. That, you know, I think we know they're not going to write us a blank check, right? And so if we're going to ask them for more money, we need to be very specific about how we're going to spend it. And I think that's the only way people will support it. And so right now, um, it's going to be split basically uh, between police services and public works. Because the other thing is we've got some pretty significant infrastructure projects due to the growth of the city. And we hear people, you know, my street, my, you know, not really potholes, but like streets and those kinds of things really aren't keeping pace with the growth of the city. And so a little bit more money there would help us kind of catch up. Um, and so the people can decide, you know, is this, do we want to pay, you know, we have these wants. These are the biggest things we hear from the community, police, public works. Do we want to pay a little bit more to get more in that area? And so. I don't live in Ashland. I was there Saturday night after John and I were hanging out at the Mid-Missouri Heart Ball in Jefferson City. And you can drive through town and I'm like, yeah, they need money for infrastructure. They need more money for law enforcement to help handle the growing population. No, all that comes with a, a growing population. How big is Ashland's police department, Stephanie? Uh, I think we are going to try to add, is it a seventh officer, eighth officer? Um, I think a seventh. Well, we have like administration. So I think a seventh patrol officer. I think that's right. And then some of them like part-time, not necessarily full-time. Yeah, and so if you recall, basically what, what yeah, we do have part-time officers, and the budget is proposing to add additional money for additional um, part-time work. Um, but, the, you know, the police came out several months ago and said, hey, we're not really able to staff 24 hours a day, just given some of the issues going on currently. And so an additional officer would allow us more flexibility for all the officers, as well as trying to you know, maintain a level of staffing that people would expect. So, and there's a lot of, in the April municipal elections. You know, we talk about uh, another candidate, uh, uh, Ramaswamy, saying he's going to run for president. We pay attention to all this national stuff. Man, we're like uh, uh, two months from municipal elections. Last night, I was at a candidate forum for Columbia Public School Board candidates. 
my goodness, I left early. Like, I cannot stand the lies. Even a current board member was telling Chris Horn the lies these people were telling. Um, there's going to be some more forums, whether you're talking city council, school board, stat, whatever it is. I, I do hope that you, you get a chance to get familiar with what's happening. So when we go to the polls, you kind of know, oh, okay, this is what I'm voting for. Well, and another interesting thing I think that came up last night is there's an event planned at Lakeside Ashland about cannabis um, and so the city has not enacted any ordinances related to the full legalization of marijuana. Um, <laughs> something. How are the fine folks of Ashland handling that one? Right. So it, it, I've I've received some comments and letters about it already. When you say um, comments, do you mean complaints? <laughs> Possibly. Fan mail? Yeah, did you get people, hey, I love this idea. This is incredible. By the way, coming up an hour from now, Jefferson City uh, Police Chief Eric Wilde is going to be joining us. There is an interesting story in the Jefferson City News Tribune. And my takeaway, he's here to expound on it more. But bottom line on the article to me was like, hey, uh, if uh, from the chief, if you're going to do the weed, that's fine. Please read the directions before you ingest this stuff, man. Yeah, and so things will be under consideration. Like, do we need another ordinance? Like, you know, if you smell weed, you can get a ticket. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about yesterday with texting while driving. Like, are we really, you know, we, we don't have a, a big enough force anyway. Are we going to use the police to go sniff out people with weed and give them a ticket? I, I, I think that's not a good use of our resources. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Got a goal, man. Got a goal. No timeouts for Missouri. Honor lets it fly. Seconds left in the game in overtime here in mid-mo last night. Mizzou beating Mississippi State. They get 20 wins for the season. That's kind of important. Typically, it's kind of the threshold for, hey, are you going to get uh, an invite to the uh, to the dance? How many times have we had a last-second shot? Is this third or fourth? It's been, John, it's been kind of an exciting season. We've beaten some really good teams. We've lost to some really poor teams, <laughs> and we've had some good games in between. Yeah, we lost the one game with a, with a tray right at the end like that anyway, didn't we? Uh, Gosh, I was thinking Kobe had like three trays in that one game to the Aggies, and we still lost that one, but we won this one in overtime. Got to give it up to new coach Gates. Welcome into the show. Wake up mid-Missouri coming up this weekend. Uh, big home show happening in Jefferson City, and this is the Home Builders Association, National Association of Home Builders. want to welcome into the studio, a warm welcome to Gwen Reddy and Nick Haslag, some of the folks putting on the show this weekend. We appreciate you guys being here and Gwen I want to start with you like what's what are two big things folks want to look for at the home show this weekend well uh, certain things if you're looking for that kitchen or bathroom remodel there will be plenty of uh, items and contractors to talk about that or any builders um, if you're looking for a builder come on out there should be some there um, and you can get some good ideas to help you kick in that uh, uh building plan. All right, Gwen Reedy, and I apologize. I, I pronounced your name wrong. Uh, okay. I go by either one. <laughs> okay, my name's Brandon. You know what most of my friends call me, Gwen? Brendan or Brandon, because I... Uh, so I, I get it. Uh, Gwen Reedy, Nick Haslag, joining us in the show this morning, getting ready for the big home show. Starts on a feel-good Friday, goes on Saturday, too. National Association of Home Builders show. This is... Uh, they're joining us this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. 
Nick, talk to us about the the industry and how things are going right now. We've seen just such a we had coming off a, a weird bump in housing and all that, and things are sort of starting to return to normal. How's how's things on the uh, landscaping side? Oh, things are great. Uh, honestly, um, we haven't really seen too much of a slowdown on our side. Um, I think coming off kind of what you mentioned there, um, everybody being at home and and wanting to um, you know do their projects at home and have, kind of create their own spot in their own backyard. So. Uh, we've managed to stay pretty busy. Um, you know, our, our, most of the landscape industry products and things have stayed relatively um, low priced without too much increase. Um, you know, concrete, uh, decorative rock, things like that. Really, we haven't seen too big a bump in comparison to a few other uh, sides of things. So really, uh, things have been great for us. And uh, Gwen, let me ask you. So besides all the cool home show stuff, and as Nick was talking about, people come and they get ideas for this stuff. Like after the show, when you talk to folks in the years that you've been doing this, kind of like what's the biggest thing when folks come out of that? They go, oh, wow, I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like a couple of fan favorites, if you will. Well, fan favorites, I think the super booth. So they can actually um, see inside and outside um, and just get a feel for kind of um, what a patio, a stone patio looks like or kind of just what flooring uh, that we have in the uh, kitchen side of the uh, super booth so they can actually feel the product when they're out there. All right, and I'm on a roll, Nick. I've, I've mispronounced your name. <laughs> as I'm on a roll, man. At least I'm consistent. Uh, and Nick Hoslog and Gwen Reedy joining us on the show here this morning on Wake Up uh, Mid-Missouri. Big home show this weekend. Uh, and uh, Nick, it's family event. There's some other things happening besides just home kind of stuff. What else is going on? Yeah, as you mentioned the family portion of it. Um, you know, if you want to bring the kids out, there are, uh, as there is every year, the birdhouse kits uh, sponsored by Central Bank and Lowe's, uh, where you can come pick them up on Saturday, uh, take them home, or you can do them there and put them all together and, and kind of get the kids involved in a little bit of a building process, too. So there's a lot of things going on. Starts on a feel-good Friday, 6.30, 5 o'clock. Best way to get tickets prior to the show, Gwen. Well, there's actually no tickets. You can just come on in and uh, start looking as you walk in the door. All right, so it's coming up. Feel Good Friday and Saturday. Our guest this morning, Gwen Reedy and Nick uh, Hoslog joining us on the show. More information, hbacentralmo.com. It's the 2023 annual 